Before we get going with today's podcast, I just want to jump on here for a second and personally invite you to a one-off brand new masterclass that I am hosting on Thursday the 16th of May. How to scale your online business to six figures and beyond. So if you are a course creator, a membership owner or a coach, then this is for you. I'm sharing with you my most effective strategies to become the go-to person in your industry and grow your online business. I will cover how to build your audience, how to craft an irresistible offer and how to master your launch strategy so that you will know the most effective way to grow your audience and build your email list fast, know how to craft an offer that your audience will love and create a launch that fits with you and enables you to sell with ease. And why should you come and listen to me? Well, I started doing this almost 10 years ago and the very first client I worked with back in 2016 I helped him launch his very first membership he had a done for you product and a one-to-one product and we created a membership in his first launch he got a hundred and thirty members bringing him in about sixty thousand in income every year now He has built a suite of online products that is bringing him in way over six figures every single year. This is going to be an awesome masterclass. You're going to get so much good stuff to take away with you to be able to use in your business. So to grab your free place, go to TeresaHeathWearing.com forward slash masterclass and I will see you there. You are listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast episode 192. You are listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast and I'm your host, Teresa Heathwaring. If you're a marketer, business owner or entrepreneur that is frustrated and overwhelmed with all the constant changes in digital marketing and social media, then you, my friend, are in the right place. Each week, I share with you easy, insightful and actionable steps that you can use to grow your business. So let's get started. Hello and a really warm welcome to this week's episode of the podcast, How's Things? So I thought I would just have a quick check-in and a quick hello. Uh, If you've not listened for very long or if you are brand new to the podcast, welcome. I am really grateful that you've decided to listen to this and, you know, see what I've got to say, which is lovely. You'll soon realise my style is very natural and, you know, I like to call it authentic slash maybe a little bit unprofessional, which is hilarious because I came from corporate world where I had to be really professional. But now it's like, I just want to be myself in my business. So, you know, so I just come as I am, as it were, you know what I mean? And and do this episode just chatting as if you and I were sat having a coffee. I would be having uh, probably two shots of whatever, because I like strong coffee with some oat milk, but I particularly like the Oatly Barista edition. I don't know if you can get it anywhere else other than the UK, in case you're wondering. So I'd be sat there with that, or we'd be out in the evening and I would be having a gin and tonic, probably one of the most expensive gins they've got there because I seem to naturally have expensive tastes, even without trying. And, or I'd be having a glass of Prosecco or maybe a nice Chardonnay. I love a Chardonnay. The Chardonnay went through a really bad patch, didn't it, when people thought it was like a cheap drink. But I, we've got friends in California, we go to California quite a lot when, we're not on lockdown and oh, California Chardonnay is just the best. Anyway, I didn't come on here to share with you my drinks um, that I like to drink, but yeah, I record it as if we're just sat chatting 
I don't tend to, when I say I don't tend to edit it a whole lot, Phil, the editor, he does, but you know, he doesn't take out my ramblings. So yeah, so I just come on here, I chat, I share all things marketing and small business marketing with you guys. And I love hearing from you. I think it's so nice when you guys reach out, when you share it on social, when you tell me you've listened, tell me what you've got from it. And I get it, right? I, I totally understand because I listen to a lot of Audible and I listen to podcasts and often there'll be things and I think, oh, I want to remember that or I'm going to search that or I'm going to do that. But the problem is you're listening to this while you're doing something else inevitably. And to then actually physically go to your phone or computer and do a thing based off of a podcast, it's hard. It's hard. And anyway, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. So today uh, I'm a little bit tired. This is probably not the great first day to come to a podcast with me. I've been doing my boot camp last week, which means I was training every single day on screen. And also this week I'm doing an event for someone else when I'm also on training every single day. And I was talking to someone earlier and I was like, it's pathetic. I'm only on for an hour, hour and a half tops every day. Now, obviously I still have other stuff that I'm doing around that. Like I've got another talk tomorrow and then I've got coaching calls with my 90 day members and but I was like, it, it just feels pathetic that you're like, oh yeah, I have to go live for an hour today and talk about things I love. And it does sound stupid, but there's something about that energy. It is a bit exhausting sometimes when you're doing it all the time. And I'm not very good at relaxing. I'm not very good at turning off. So, and I've just got into gardening. If you've been listening for a while, you've probably heard me which on about it. If you follow me on Instagram, you see my garden and everything, but the weather's not been very good. So I haven't even been able to go and switch off and go outside and do stuff. So Anyway, it's been a bit of a tiresome week. And today my brain like metaphorically hit a wall about four times. So I was in the middle of teaching something and my brain just went, uh, just have a quick reboot. And then I came back. So I'm hoping it's probably a terrible day to do a podcast episode, uh, but my lovely team are waiting for this. Um, so let's, let's see how we go. It could be brilliant. could be awful. I'm joking. I would never put it out if it was awful. It might not be the best I've ever done, but it's not going to be awful. And there's certainly going to be some good stuff. Actually, I am really excited about today's subject because I don't think I've talked about this specifically on the podcast. Now, I've talked on the podcast about how to find your perfect customer, and I'm going to link up to that in the show notes. But I want to talk a bit about that, but also about how you can use your knowledge of your customer to create content that they're going to love for social media. And how does that work? Because I think there's still a lot of people out there who aren't thinking about their customer when they're posting. And I had something the other day where I was doing some training, I was doing a live, and we did the whole process of watch a perfect customer. And I am going to go back through it for those of you who don't know it, but probably not as detailed as I did in the first episode, or the episode I did when I did it already. So yeah, this person was saying, I was talking about their pain points, and I'm going to explain what that is, but I was saying what are their pain points? And this person basically took the product and went backwards to work out what the pain point was. Now, I guess in theory that should totally work because there's going to be someone that's going to need to be the customer of that product. But but really you have to start with them. You have to start with who is your customer and what are they all about? And we're going to talk about the types of content we can do. We're going to talk about how to have content that is engaging for them because Again, so often I see that people just post content that they want to see. They might not realise they're doing it, but they're not thinking about 
their audience. And also they're not thinking about just thinking a bit outside the box with their content. I don't mean doing crazy things like reels and things. I've tried, I've tried a few reels. I do, you know, I totally get it. Obviously as a marketeer, I totally get it. Personally, I do not want to stand there pointing to things or lip syncing or dancing. It's just not, the funny thing is I don't mind being a bit silly and making a fool of myself within the academy to my members. That's absolutely fine. Um, But I just worry, yeah, yeah, I don't think it's for me. Anyway, like I said, I can totally get it. And if you're doing it and you love it, then awesome. And I wish I was a little bit kind of more relaxed about it, but no, not for me. Okay, so I don't necessarily mean thinking at the box like that. I mean thinking at the box from, a you know, different types of content and why people don't do it. So enough rambling, Teresa, let's get on with it. Okay, we're going to start off, I'm just getting comfortable, don't mind me. We're going to start off with talking about your perfect customer and how we know who they are. And what I'm really going to focus on specifically are things around their pain points. So let me explain what I mean. Basically, you've got, when people come up with a perfect customer, they think about things like what age are they, what sex might they be, what location are they living in, marriage status, do they have children, do they have a particular job, those sorts of things. And normally when I say to people who are your customers, that's what they reel off, that's what they know, big tick, brilliant. But what I want to know is a bit more than that. I want to go a bit deeper because let me give you an example. Right, imagine you're an estate agent, if you will, for a moment. Oh, I'd love actually looking around people's houses. No, just saying that I just thought, what if you have to go to horrible houses? Okay, high-end estate agent, when you get to go around and look at people's houses, they must see some things. Anyway, I digress. If you're an estate agent and I come to you and I say, I want to work out your perfect customer, can you tell me what age is your perfect customer? And they're going to go, well, it depends. Like if they're retiring and want to downsize, they're in their 60s, maybe. If they are just starting out, they might be renting a property in at age 18, or they might be buying their first house age 25, 30. I'm making this up, but you know what I mean. And it's like, oh, okay, fine. Uh, what, what sex are they? Well, any at all. Okay, what location? Now, granted, we've got the location thing. If they're a local agent, it's the local area. That makes sense. Marriage status. Well, some are married, some are divorced. Some are getting married, some are single. Children. Some have children, some don't have children. Some, you know, have stepchildren, adopted children. Some never want children. What job have they got? Well, here we go. Like every job you can possibly imagine. So you see how that just doesn't work. So how how is that? that estate agent going to connect with the customer because that's what it's all about okay when we're on social media when we're posting content when we're doing various things to try and get ourselves in front of our perfect customer we're trying to connect with them we're trying to get them to look at something and go yeah i hear you that's me or yes i've experienced that or yes i agree with that or yes that makes me angry or yes that's the same sense of humor i've got And I think, like I said, sometimes we're looking at like the basic stuff and thinking that's enough. And it isn't because as I've just showed, an estate agent has so many varying options around those things. So one of the ways in which an estate agent can, and every other business, we're not just talking estate agents, you're all like, "Ah, if you're just going to help us with estate agents, that's not us. I know it's not you, but I just wanted to give you an example. So what I like to do is I like to go a bit deeper. So in the other episode, you hear me talking about behaviors, motivations, and aspirations. You hear me talking about pain points and then how you meet their needs. So on the behaviors, aspirations, and motivations, it's things like 
So when I take my academy, and obviously this is the easiest one because I have done this for my own academy, it's things like they have a business they love and they know they can make a difference to serve people. Like that's kind of their motivations. They work hard, but not just in the business. A lot of my members have various other commitments. They have families, they have partners, they have children, they have parents, they have other things that are going on in their life. Business is okay, but could be better. They might lack confidence. Um, They want their business to grow and be successful, but they want to grow at a pace which is realistic and not at the expense of everything else that's important in their life. So, you know, when I look at the behaviors, aspirations and motivations of my customers, my customers are not the hustle customers. My customers are not the get rich quick online product, just do it customers. They're not them. And that's great because that's not me either. So like I said, I'm not going to go into too much. I just want to cover that bit. So then we go on to the pain points. And with the pain points, this is where, what is the problem that they have got that your product or service fixes, okay? So pain points for my members will be things like they're worried their business will fail and they'll have to get a job. They're not making enough money and they want more income and they want their income to be important. You know, some of my members are like, I can't wait till I pay the mortgage or I earn more than my partner or you know, we can retire my partner type thing. Uh, They're not sure they're using social media, right? They get overwhelmed. They want to be taken seriously because some people, and I know you're going to be nodding at this bit, think you are just playing. Imagine me doing like the quote things with my fingers um, at it. Like the, the, the conversations I've had with some of my members are like, they'll say, like one friend turned around and went, oh, oh, you actually get paid for doing that. Oh, I didn't realise. Like, honestly, it's exhausting, isn't it? Um, And they want to become more confident. Okay, so actually that's a perfect one to end on because that's the one I'm going to take and use an example. So I have my product is a marketing academy. It's a 90-day programme. It's the Build Your List course. Right, and in fact, I'm going to take the Build My List course because this is a good example. So the Build My List course essentially is just about building your email list, which is crazy important and you should all have one. And if you don't, then please do check out when I next do my Build My List course. But it's about that. It's about them having an email list. It's about giving them the mechanics of it. I give them all the swipe files. I give them the Canva templates. I, you know, do as much as I can for them so that they don't have to do it. But you know, one of the reasons they won't end up building their list is if they're not confident, right? And you could argue that that's not where my focus needs to be. My focus is I teach people marketing. However, because I understand my customer, I can't just go in and go, here we go, do step two, step three, step four, step five, step six. You've done all the steps. Now time to uh, put your lead magnet out there and get people on your list. Great, thanks, bye, done. It's not going to work because I've got to understand who my customer is and that my customers can be a little bit nervous of some stuff and they can be scared of putting themselves out there. They're worried about what people will say and think. They've just put together this lovely lead magnet that is advising or you know, showing people they know what they're talking about. And they're probably having major, major fear that what if someone downloads it and goes, well, this is rubbish, or I don't agree, or who do you think you are? So so I can't ignore the fact that confidence comes into it. The same way as when you create your perfect customer, you can't ignore the other things that come into it. So when it comes to creating any content, it comes to creating lead magnets, writing your copy for your sales page, Whatever it might be, you need to understand them in entirety, not just the thing 
that you're fixing. Okay, so let me give you another example. So, oh, hang on, I wrote some pain points for that estate agent. I'm just going to go to it. Two seconds. Okay, so their pain points, right? So, So when you think of pain points, you find things that all of these people have in common. So it doesn't matter whether they are a first-time buyer, renting a property, selling from one house to another to get a bigger home. It doesn't matter what level they are. They are likely to share some of these pain points. So I wrote things like they're worried that their property isn't desirable. Of course you are, because then it won't sell. So I remember when I put my property on the market, the estate agent happened to be a client at the time because they were the clients of the agency that I ran. And when he came round, I was like, right, what do I need to do to make this look as good as possible? So they worry about stuff like that. They don't want to be ripped off by having a bad service. So they're worried that they've seen all these online agents and high street agents and how do they know what's better? And some seem really expensive and some seem cheap. They're worried their property won't sell. Of course, they're all going to worry their property is not going to sell because the whole aim of getting an estate agent is that you have a property that you want to sell. They need to get as much for their property as they can't buy the next property. And again, like, okay, they might not be buying the next property, but everyone is going to want to get the most out of that property as possible. Or they want a quick sale. They want to get it done as soon as possible. Maybe they don't understand the process. Maybe this is more applicable to the first time buyers that they don't understand the process. And maybe they don't know how to show a property. So can you see how when I look at those things, when I look at pain points, I can create my customer the same way as niching. So um, I feel like I'm going all over the place here, but I think this is all helpful. I hope it's helpful. Probably turned off 10 minutes ago. I'm talking to myself. Okay. So I don't have a niche. I make it very clear that I don't have a niche because I love working with everybody. And you know what I've done? It's like picking your favorite children. Luckily, I only have one and stepchildren. It's like picking your favorite, right? So imagine me looking at my members in the academy and going, oh, so-and-so's got a bricks and mortar place. Maybe I shouldn't have bricks and mortar people. Oh, what if I just focus on online businesses? That means I'd have to get rid of this lovely person who's got a florist or this lovely person who sells this thing. What if I only want to work with women? I'm going to have to get rid of the lovely Ben and the lovely John and all the other nice guys that are in my academy. So I've done a lot of work on this recently and, and done a lot of research and talked to my members and had you know a bit of help on this about really discovering how I can be so confident in who I'm serving when I'm serving so many different people. Because when I look at people who do what I do but have a really specific niche, they're they are really successful. And because I've coached lots of them, they they find it easier to talk directly to their customer. So basically we've decided, and I promise this is helpful, this is not just me at, like talking through my own business with you. We've decided, and the Academy's closed, by the way, in case you're listening to this thing and she's doing this to sell the Academy, the doors shut last Friday. So we decided to look at what type of person they are. And actually a member helped me with this. So we looked at what makes the Academy different. So we put things like a supportive environment where no question is too basic or too complex and every business owner feels understood. That is a niche. Okay. So it may not be the typical niche of, oh, you have this type of business. I deal with you. That's a niche that there's never a stupid question and I listen and understand. So I do coaching calls, okay? And I've realized recently that lots of people who do the same as I do, don't do the coaching call the way I do it. They do it as a live. But the reason I do it as a coaching call is because I need to understand you, what you do, how you do it. And inevitably, if you come and ask me a question, I'm going back and asking you three. So that's that's a niche. That's somewhere where I can focus. Things like there's no competitive bragging or growth shaming because my members genuinely want each other to succeed. So again, I don't attract and I am not going for the people who want to be 
you know, the six-figure people who are the competitive bragging, the people who are taking a picture of their yacht in the background. You know, that's not my audience. Um, so again, can you see, and I promise this is all going to come to fruition and you're going to go, ah, this all makes sense. Can you see why understanding who's in my business and who is my perfect customer and who I want to work with is really helping? Because as I write this, as, as I'm reading this out to you and I have it written on this page, if you are one of those people, if you do not like competitive bragging and growth shaming, i.e. like how many people have joined, oh, that's not enough, you know, and you've got to hit six figures, then you're going to sit there and go, yeah, I get you. Yeah, you're mine. You know, you're mine. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? What did I try and say? What was I trying to say? <laughs> I'm going to start laughing now. You know, my kind of person, that's what I was trying to say, not your mine. So... <laughs> Things like you believe in building a business you look forward to every day, setting goals that matter to you and helping people you care about. Again, you know, for me, I was so chuffed when this member helped me with this because like trying to get those words that my potential members can read and go, mm, yeah, that's totally me. I put things like, you know, I'm trying not to read all this, um, deliberately made it a place for people to feel safe, to learn and grow. And that again is really important because I know lots of my members and potential members are nervous. They're nervous to go into a, a membership like this. They're nervous about what's going to happen. And they're embarrassed or potentially embarrassed that they don't want to ask the stupid questions. So can you see how knowing who my customer is, even though I haven't got a niche, a traditional niche, sorry, I'm moving my mouse around if you can hear it, just to get to the next bit. Even though I haven't got a traditional niche, having a really good insight to who they are helps me create content for those people. So then we put this bit in. Who is the Academy for? Our Academy members run all kinds of business, bricks and mortar, online, physical, virtual products and services, but they all have four things in common. And again, this is about understanding who my customer is. They want to prove them to themselves that they can run a really successful business. They want a better lives for themselves and their loved ones. And that better life includes families, hobbies, downtime, fun, not just work. Now, if I didn't know my customers, I could be saying to them, right, you can get in there, we can do all the work, we're going to show up every day, we're going to do it. They don't want that. They want the support and the guidance and the celebration and the community and the knowledge when they need it. They don't necessarily want to come in and work, you know, 8am till 8pm on their business. They might have to at times, but that's not the aim. Why did you get into business? Why did I get into business? The aim is for them to have a better everything. And often when I look at maybe younger people or younger, you know, memberships or younger people running online stuff or people who don't have families or children, that sometimes it's like, I don't know that they understand that some of their members don't want to do all the hustle. And then we put, and then they want to feel like the work they do has some meaning and helps people. I have said a million times over, if I won the lottery, I would still do what I do. I love it. So, Again, just a reiteration here, the Academy isn't open. I'm not selling it. I'm just talking about understanding your customer. And can you see with those things I've written? And I'm hoping as a listener of this podcast, you are nodding along. Because if if you are, I've got it right. Like I've I've listened, I've learned, I've understood you guys enough to know who I best attract and who wants to come and work with me. So let me give you a different example. And let's talk a bit about content. So I'm going to give you two examples. One is going to be a made up baby product. And the other is going to be a real company, which you can go and have a look at, which is a perfect example of this. Actually, there's two. 
Oh, I'm going to give you three examples. So lucky you. So first example, imagine, imagine if you made mattresses for babies. Okay. So your product was to sell mattresses for newborns or tiny babies or whatever for cots. Like think for a second what you would put out on your content for social media. You might be thinking, well, obviously I'm going to feature the mattress. So I'm going to talk about the benefits of the mattress. I'm going to answer frequently asked questions about the mattress. I'm going to do testimonials. I'm going to uh, take pictures. I might talk about how to clean it maybe. And can you see, now you might be sat there going, well, no, I wouldn't do any of that. And therefore, awesome, brilliant. Now, there's nothing wrong with any of that I just said. Not a single problem whatsoever. However, it's really product focused. It's really focused on the product, the outcome. It's not focused on what are their pain points, okay? So let's take a parent. I've been a parent. I've been a parent. I am a parent. Um, I've had a baby as in a, you know, looked after. Oh God, I'm really like messing this up today. You know what I meant. Anyway, so as a person who's had a child and had to go through those baby years, are my pain points, right? Am I worrying about the features and benefits, that, sorry, the features of a mattress? Am I, are my big concerns or my pain points about maybe, you know, a testimonial or a frequently asked question or a, you know, is that what I'm really interested in seeing? Probably not. Now, don't get me wrong, when I need to go and find that product, I will go and research all that. And I do want to see that, right? But how would I be attracted to come and find you and follow you and be interested with you if I'm not exactly at that buying point? So then that's where we need to put our customer in the middle of a piece of paper and start thinking about all the things that are affecting their life, all the things that are worrying them, that they're thinking about. And so, for instance, right, new more newborn parent. That's not right. New parent with a newborn. Too many news there. Right. They're worrying about, you know, you shouldn't put a baby on your front. So they say, I'm not an expert, but their baby keeps getting on their front or prefers it on their front. What on earth are they going to do about it? They might worry about, you know, how can I make the room a good thing? You know, the right temperature. What should the right temperature be? They might be worrying about sleep, how to get them to sleep or how to manage their own routine so that they can try and get some sleep. They might be worried about some breastfeeding things. They might be worried about uh, baby names, like if they're expecting a baby, because that's also your prospective customers, because the chances are they're going to buy that mattress before they've had the baby, or some are. They might be thinking about baby names. They might be thinking about baby shower ideas. They might be thinking about, let me keep thinking really quickly, my head's not moving fast enough. But you can see what I mean, right? Their thoughts, what's going on in their life is a whole lot of stuff. They might be worried about their changes in their body. They might be worried about the labor. They might be thinking developmentally with the baby. It's coming back to me now. It's like it rebooted again. It's like, wait, up we go again. There's so much going on in their world and their life. That, that bit that that first lot of content addressed is like one tiny percent of it. So if that mattress company put out content that fixed, solved, entertained, interested their customers with those other things, their content would be so much more nicely rounded. It would be so much more interesting. It would talk directly to the parents. It would talk to them and be like, you know, newborn baby not sleeping. How do you get them to sleep more than 30 seconds? Or what could be wrong with this baby that won't stop crying? Like if they did a blog post or a content around something like that, then that's going to bring me back. Do you see 
like, and I'm sat here like, can you nod or can you make a noise? And I can't hear you. But can you understand what I'm saying? You've got to create content that they are going to be interested in, not just about your thing. So let me give you two examples. The first one is the Dollar Shave Club. Go and have a look at their Instagram. Now, I've got their Instagram in front of me and I'm looking at like just six images that I've got pulled out. So the Dollar Shave Club, basically what they do is skincare products and shaving products for men. So it's very male orientated, but you know what? They know their customer to a T. Like I look at this and I'm like, oh, you know, I'm not their customer. I am far from their customer. So for instance, one of their posts is how to take care of your skin while shaving. And they've got four tips as to how you can take care of your skin while shaving. Now granted, they sell shaving products, but still that's a great tip. Another one, they have got a product and they've made a bit of a joke about it. Let me see if I can read it out. It's like when your mum snuck vegetables into your spaghetti, except the vegetables are skincare and the spaghetti, except the vegetables are skincare and the spaghetti is your grooming routine. So like they're talking about their product, but they're trying to do it in a nice way. Then they do stuff like when your best friend, oh my God, I got it wrong. I hate reading it out loud. It's like I'm at school and I mess it up. When your friend's breath is so bad, you can smell it over the phone. And there's this picture of this guy on a phone like, oh, that smells disgusting. They've also done things like how to take a perfect dating app profile pic. And they've given them four ideas. And then this one, I, well, I was going to say, I hope there's no children listening. And I'm not going to swear, but this is something an adult might understand. So if they ask you to explain it, just go, oh, it doesn't matter. Um, so there's this other put thing they put up that says this morning, the shower was full of hair. So assumed my roommates shaved um, in there. But when he came home, he had a beard. OK, <laughs> so like they do quirky, funny things. Another one of their posts is like, it's OK to cry like Niagara Falls. So can you see they have looked at their customer perfectly? They know who their ideal customer is. He's young, he's having jokes with his mates, he's taking pictures of the dating profile, he wants to look good, he wants to, you know, look after his face. You know, they're trying to do the emotion thing, like it's okay to cry. And, you know, can you see what they're doing? They're not just going, oh, this is how you shave your face. Oh, this is a skincare product that's really good after this one. Oh, this is what's in our skincare products. Oh, this is what someone had to say about our skincare products. They're creating content that their customer wants to see. And you might sit there and go, but why, why is that important? Because I want them to know about my products. It's important because if they're not interested, they won't be engaged. If they're not engaged, the algorithm is going to kick your butt, right? <laughs> in, to, to put it in a very simple term. Um, but basically the algorithm will stop showing people your posts because no one is engaging with them. So if you put up something a bit funny, a bit quirky, a bit personal, something that brings an emotion is always a really good one. Emotions, good people like things with emotion. If you think about the last thing you shared on Facebook, I'm not a sharer. I don't share much, but I don't share anything actually. But, um, you know, when I see what other people have shared, it's things like things that make them laugh, things that make them angry, things that they're passionate about, things that make them upset, things that inspire them, all emotion words. Okay. So yeah, so basically they've done that and they've pulled together content that they're going to like. That's why that's so important. That's why you need to look at your customer in a bigger light, in a much wider circle and go, okay, I know I only deal with this one thing, but if I can get engagement around all of this, then bonus. Also, when you look at the page, it's very male colors. It's very, it's young male. It's not sort of corporate male. It's fun, very fun. The pictures are quirky. 
but it's quite male looking. So then, and I'm going to link to both of these accounts in the show notes so that so that you can go and have a look at them. So then the next example I give you couldn't be more polar opposite, and it's something I love. It's a company called Martha Brook who are on Instagram, and they do stationery. I've ordered stationery from them many, many times. And basically, it's the most feminine-looking stationery you've ever seen, okay? So it's like all the pinks, it's really beautiful, nice fonts. It's just, I think it's lush. It's I am definitely their customer. So... I've just got their grid in front of me. And what they've got is, now I didn't, I can't read the post because I literally just screenshot the grid, but what they've got is they've got a celebration thing. I think there's an event that was being celebrated and they've made it branded look like theirs. It's very pink. It's very light blue. It's white. It's very pretty. They've then got a picture of someone having a coffee with one of their notebooks and a pen on a lovely desk, obviously Instagrammable. Then they've got a post on, this is where they start to get smart, five ways to look after yourself like a human houseplant. So that has technically nothing to do with the fact they sell notebooks, diaries, pens, and amazing stationery, but they know their customers. Also, the picture is perfect because it's got beautiful houseplants, really Instagrammable at the moment. House looks stunning, like just very desirable. They've got another post that they've created of two people hugging and it says, finally, the hug we've all been waiting for. And obviously they're talking about COVID. They're talking about the fact that we're coming out of it and we're going to be able to start hugging people again. Again, their customers would totally be interested in that. And then they've got another image with a product in it, but they've got popcorn, a bed, a movie on a, on a laptop, a scrunchie in it. I think that's a scrunchie, like a hair scrunchie. Again, totally who their customers are. So can you see how, you know, even though talking about how to look after yourself like a human houseplant and put pictures of houseplants on, celebrating national days and talking about hugging is nothing to do with the product they sell. However, they've put their customer right in the middle and they've gone, what does my customer want to see? What is going to keep them interested and coming back all the time? And that's what they've done. I try really hard to do this. So I share business books that I've read. I share, you know, when I have a glass of fizz or a gin or, you know, I talk about my garden. Again, I attract people, actually, I've got a fairly varied age, but I would say people similar in age to me, bit younger, bit older. Obviously, I've got exceptions, but, you know, they have houses and they have gardens and I'm getting into houseplants and growing herbs and all that stuff. So, no, no I've been into houseplants for ages. I love a houseplant. So I provide content that isn't just about here's how to do social media, here's how to do marketing, here's how to create an email list, build an online product and launch it. I create stuff that I think my customers will be interested in. That was way longer than I was expecting. So I hope that's okay. And I hope you've enjoyed it. And I hope that you are starting to see about what else do your ideal customers want to hear from you? What else are they interested in their world? And go and have a look at that. Um, do go and check out the Dollar Shave Club and Martha Brook as a great example of people who know their customers. And as I said at the beginning, I love hearing from you guys. So I'd love it if you could take a screenshot, tag me in. Instagram is my favorite. Uh, you will find me over there most often. So have a lovely, lovely week. This week you're listening to it. I'm probably going to be lying down in a dark room. I'm joking. I won't be. But I, I'm ready for a week with no me being on screen. I need to check actually, but I've got loads of screen time. But anyway, have a fabulous week and I will see you next week.
Thank you so much for listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, then I would love it so very much if you were happy enough to head over to iTunes and give me a review. 